Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, and that way you won't miss smart, conservative, non-tribal commentary in what uh, increasingly looks like it's going to be another pretty interesting year. It's April 10th, 2018. I'm Charlie Sykes, joined by Michael Warren, senior writer and White House correspondent for the Weekly Standard. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Charlie. Now, by the way, uh, Michael, in, in case you missed it, you know that today is the anniversary of the sailing of the Titanic. Oh, oh wow! What a I mean, the, the the metaphors are just uh, they're they're boggling my mind. A hundred and six years ago, That's amazing. It really did seem kind of appropriate uh, today. So let's get right into this uh, Michael Cohen story. What the raid means, what they're looking for, the president's reaction. Those stories are amazing because really as extraordinary as the raid itself was and what it says about this investigation, I, you know, it's a big deal. The scene later in the day yesterday was also amazing. We had the president of the United States surrounded by generals going into this lengthy monologue, attacking the Department of Justice, the FBI, calling it an attack on the country. And, of course, uh, leaving the door open to firing special prosecutor Robert Mueller. Now, you know, we always like struggle against the tendency to overhype stories uh, somewhat less than successfully. But but yesterday, let me ask you, did, did yesterday feel like an inflection point to you? Well, I, I maybe I won't go so far as an inflection point, but I'm sort of cautiously uh, analyzing it as a big deal and sort of a big moment. Um, we've talked before, Charlie, on this podcast about sort of trying to understand whether you're living in a historical moment and how difficult that is, you know, to sort of observe it while you're living it. Um, I wonder if we will look back on this day, and there's been a few days in the Trump administration regarding um, this this sort of broad question uh, that, that the investigation has been looking at. You know, you can point to the firing of James Comey. Uh, you can point to, obviously, the creation of the special, prosec- uh, the special counsel, um, the revelations about uh, let's say the the Trump Tower meeting with Donald Trump Jr. Um, I, I, I think that this uh, raid on uh, the president's private lawyers uh, office and hotel room um, are uh, could very well be that point because uh, in part of what you described as the reaction from the president uh, that we saw Monday, kind of uh, late afternoon, early evening, where he sort of unprompted. I mean, there, there, there was no reason, no, no, none of the press had asked him a, a question yet, where he just kind of launched into a uh, very, I think, angry, and you can tell from his body language, he was very angry, and, and as well by the words, uh, a sort of tirade against uh, Mueller, and the, as you said, the Department of Justice. And uh, this, this, this seemed like a big moment um, something different was happening. He seemed to sort of realize that uh, things were changing, and uh, and and he may be making a change himself. I think it was it was huge. Yeah, no, there's there's no question about it. I mean, you do have the sense that this thing has been moving and moving. We don't really have a, a shape of it, but this was a major escalation. Now we need to clarify because, and I think this is also significant, that this raid was not ordered by Bob Mueller. It was a referral from the special prosecutor to the Southern District of New York, which suggests, of course, that this is a separate criminal investigation. And as uh, a lot of people have noted um, over the last 24 hours, you know, it's a pretty bad thing when your house and your office is raided by the FBI, but it might even be worse when your lawyer's office is raided, (laughs) particularly when you have somebody like Michael Cohen, who I described yesterday as kind of a low rent Ray Donovan, he's the fixer. He has all the stuff. I mean, he, he's got the crown jewels. I mean, there's, there's, this is this is as close to Donald Trump as you can get. So give me some sense. There's fascinating reporting that we're hearing today 
out of the White House that the president is angry at a different level that, you know, the, the Russia stuff, he's always been, you know, he's been complaining about it, that it's political, but this feels like it's very personal. It's an affront across the red line. Um, what, what is your sense about, uh, is, is the president of the United States bouncing off the walls today? Um, yes, I mean, yes, the, is the answer to that question. The the red line, I mean, is a very uh, explicit one that the president uh, had talked about. If Mueller's investigation or any investigation had, had sort of gone into his personal finances, I, let's back up really quickly because I think it's a very important point to make that this is uh, uh, this this raid on Cohen's office and, and hotel room and, and home are um, it, it was conducted uh, via a warrant. Uh, uh, received uh, or or gotten by the uh, Southern District of New York U.S. Attorney's Office, not from Mueller's investigation. Now, the president is not making that distinction in his angry tweets this morning, um, but I think it's an important uh, it's an important one to make um, because of of what it suggests. It suggests that. Um, that that Mueller is uh, f- possibly found something in his investigation that warranted uh, him making this recommendation um, and sort of passing off the information. It's actually very, if you judge by what, uh, you know, I read some very smart lawyers who know a thing or two about this, say this is sort of standard operating procedure. If, uh, if, if, if the special counsel found something in, uh, in its investigation, that uh, was not really in the purview of the investigation. It needed to do this. Um, but it does sort of raise some more questions as well as to sort of um, what what we're going to learn or what the prosecutors are going to learn uh, about the interactions between Cohen and the president. The president has been complaining that uh, that you know attorney-client privilege is, is dead, as he said on Twitter, and that this is no more. But, you know, Michael Cohen is... Michael Cohen is sort of as much Trump's lawyer as that as that kind of wild doctor is Trump's doctor, which is to say, um, he's he's more than just a lawyer. He's a he's consigliere. A, he's yes, the fixer. he's the bag man. That's he's, right. He's the enforcer. All of those and, things. Oh, go, so go ahead. Yeah, I just want to point out that that mean what that means is that um, there may be a lot of conversations between the two of them that. Uh, where the attorney-client privilege does not extend, and that I think is the is the is the place where it, w- it will be most interesting to investigate. Yeah, I think we've all been speed learning about uh, attorney-client privilege and the limitations. Uh, there are very clear exceptions for you know ongoing crimes and fraud. Also, just all of the hoops you had to go through that uh, in the Justice Department. You do not lightly raid any attorney's office, much less the personal attorney of the president of the United States. And the number of folks that had to you know, check off on that, uh, rather, rather remarkable. But also the way that they go about determining what is privileged and what is not privileged. There's, there's uh, so-called taint teams that go in and look at all of these documents to determine which ones are privileged. Uh, but in any case um, – the, the 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 president's rage is is interesting, and also we're uh, going back to the point that this is the Southern District of New York. That if the president, in fact, did fire Mueller, which would require him to fire Rod Rosenstein first, uh, that still doesn't put an end to this investigation. The FBI investigation goes on. The Southern District of New York, which, by the way, has a U.S. attorney appointed by Donald Trump, that goes ahead. So, give me some sense of where you think this goes. Uh, you know, he he was clearly. Um, willing to muse out loud about firing uh, Bob Mueller yesterday, and uh, he, he, you know, I'm wondering who around him 
uh, who he, which grown up in the room he has around him telling him, uh, no, you don't want to go there. Where do you think this goes? Uh, it, it really, I think we're sort of in a uncharted waters here. Now, his anger could sort of subside. Um, there's some other pressing matters like Syria um, that really could kind of crowd out this uh, in, within his mind. But clearly, that's not where he is at the moment. Um, it, it, I should sort of offer a, a slight correction to what you said. The Southern District of Attorney, uh, Southern District of New York, um, U.S. Attorney is was, is technically appointed by Jeff Sessions, and this is right, important. Right. Sorry, no, 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 no. It's important yeah. because you can see that the president's anger extends, obviously, as it as it has for for now over a year, to Jeff Sessions in particular, uh, as well uh, as Rod Rosenstein and, and Bob Mueller. So, um, you, you know, there are some questions here about what will the president do? Will the will the president uh, make a big change, sort of have his own Saturday Night Massacre, um, not to stretch that that uh, yeah. uh, that uh, analogy too much, but uh, sort of make a a big change at the Department of Justice, where he's you know he's essentially publicly saying that they're terrible and he doesn't like what they're doing. And then then the question is, if he does that, or if he's thinking about doing that, what do what does uh, Congress say? Do you know Republican leaders Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell have said. Um, that the the special counsel needs to be protected, um, but that they they aren't worried about it. Um, I mean, a big question that I have now is, shouldn't they be worried about it now? At the very least, he's not not denying when asked, as he was yesterday, uh, the the possibility that he could and would be willing to follow uh, fire well, Bob Mueller. Yeah, and he, and he went out of his way to basically say this is this is different. This is yes. new. This is this is a game changer. That was you know his characterization. Of of all of that, and uh, so who knows what he's going to do and, and what his options are. And you know, yes, there all will be other things that will distract, for, you know, his his attention. But w- when you think about what potentially the FBI has their hands on, you know, Donald Trump is, has you know, run a private business in the shall we say the ethical swamps of New York real estate for a very very long time. There's lots of NDAs that are floating around and. Michael Cohen probably has all of that stuff. He has everything. And for somebody who had said that he thought it was a red line to go into his personal business, I mean, this is this is this is a, this is a, an extraordinary moment, which is why I think people were sitting up and saying, you know, if something's going to happen, it's going to happen now. This would be the trigger for all of that. This this would be the the, the trigger. So, I mean, if you're a betting man, you know, what 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 percentage? I I don't know. I get asked this question, and on a scale of one to one hundred, what what do you think the chances, the percentage chance of him firing Robert Mueller are as of today? I mean, it's it's hard to put a number on it. I mean, at this point, it's kind of it's fifty fifty in the sense that um, it, it's so hard it, it's so hard to predict that I can really only take even odds on this um, because look the, the the president for all of his the sort of uh, uh, characterization on his television show of of liking to fire people is actually very. Um, he sort of pull, pull, uh, pulled in two different directions. On the one hand, he doesn't actually like to fire people. He's sort of uh, actually conflict averse um, when it comes to sort of personnel matters. And on the other hand, yes, this is going so uh, deep into um, his own business uh, uh, dealings, um, and that, that and he has a sort of protective. Um, understandably, I guess, a protective impulse um, that he doesn't uh, that 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 is sort of intention with that. Um, so I just have to put it up at fifty fifty because the, yeah. with this president, you just never know what what he's really going to do or where he's really going to pull the trigger. Um, he's willing to do it on on things like personnel within the White House. But this, I think, even the president realizes, and perhaps even better than most of us, 
uh, or all of us, that this is a this would be a big moment. Making a big change at DOJ, firing Rod yeah. Rosenstein, firing Jeff Sessions is is huge and really kind of changes the trajectory of his entire presidency. Yeah, it sort of pulls down the temple. Well, I think Bill Crystal was right when he when he uh, characterized uh, this particular raid as uh, as really you know going to war. And, yes. and, and the la- and the and the president's language is above anything you know he said before. You know, he used the word disgrace seven times, disgraceful twice, and of course Michael. Cohen um, is is potentially in a world of political hurt. Be- Benjamin Wittes, who runs Lawfare, has a uh, a tweet thread that was out this morning where he goes through and he says, "Look, understand that uh, that in order to get a, a, you know a warrant like this, they needed uh, the the agents in the in the Southern District of New York needed uh, a lot more than just your run of the mill garden variety probable cause. They had to have some pretty strong evidence." Uh, to to get a magistrate judge to do this, you know, not to mention, um, you know, how aggressive the move is, because, uh, you know, at least ostensibly, Michael Cohen was claiming uh, that he was cooperating with the special prosecutor. And usually when you cooperate, um, they're not going to come in and, and, you know, give you that, you know, knock on the door uh, with the guys in the in the blue uh, windbreakers. But this was an indication that they really did not trust him. Uh, they really thought uh, that that he was going to conceal or destroy evidence, and and of course everything that Michael Cohen does points directly at, at the president of the United States. And uh, of course now we're seeing the Washington Post saying that Cohen is under federal investigation for possible bank fraud, wire fraud, and campaign finance violations. I thought for some time that this whole investigation wasn't going to come down to the word collusion. It was going to come down to conspiracy, money laundering, bank fraud, wire fraud. But boy, there's no indication this thing is ramping down. Uh, one, one other question. In terms of you know, a week or so ago, we were talking about whether or not or when the president was going to sit down and give that interview with Bob Mueller. My gut sense, not being a lawyer, would be that uh, this raid has lowered the the uh, the possibility, the likelihood that that interview will ever take place. What do you think? I totally agree. I, I think this is, as you say, as, and as as Bill Crystal, our, uh, our colleague, said, this is war at this point, and um, the president is not in a uh, you know negotiating Yalta conference uh, mood at this point. He's 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 ready to uh, he's ready to go to war, and uh, and the question is exactly sort of how does that manifest itself? Okay, com- coming up, I want to talk about the trillion dollar a year deficits uh, and another. Uh, head rolls in, uh, in the national security team. Uh, but The Daily Standard is brought to you by Mac Weldon, and their mission is simple, to make sure that all of your basics are smartly designed and shopping for them is easy and convenient. Now, they start from scratch. They've engineered their very own fabric, making sure the design process was meticulous so you can count on the fit being the same each time and the difference in all of their clothes is in the details. They are obsessed over every stitch and seam until they've reached their definition of perfect. They believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping, and and I think you'll agree. Um, I bought a whole bunch of stuff, uh, shall we say, uh, unmentionables, which are the the most comfortable and you know frankly the most practical uh, stuff that I've bought in a long, long, long time. It's very, very easy to use the website. Now here's a special offer to the listeners of the Daily Standard Podcast. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code STANDARD at checkout. That's Mac, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com and use promo code STANDARD at checkout and you will get 
20% off. Well, it's, it's hard to you know, focus through all of the, uh, the way through all of the news, but this story also seems rather extraordinary. The federal budget deficit is projected to hit more than $1 trillion in 2020. This at a time when Republicans control the presidency and both houses of Congress. Uh, what is the reaction on, on Capitol Hill? Because I, I, I know there's not very many deficit hawks. I think Jed, is it? Uh, um, Henserling. Yeah, no, no, but it was Judd Gregg. Oh, Judd Gregg, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it had an op-ed where he said, you know, there's not only no budget hawks, there's no budget pigeons anymore in Congress. <laughs> but I mean, really, a trillion dollar, a, you, know, a, you know, this has been a talking point forever among Republicans, certainly Paul Ryan Republicans, about the national debt. And now we're looking about at uh, at trillion dollar deficits. What are they going to do about it? Uh, nothing. <laughs> I what, mean, about the, what about all the talk about rescission and 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 a show vote on a balanced budget amendment? Right. I, I, look, they're probably going to do that. Show vote is exactly uh, what they're going to do. Um, look, this is a this is a problem that. I mean, you're right. We've been hearing about it for years. Remember the Simpson-Bowles sort of approach to deficit reduction? And, um, of course, we had uh, what ended up uh, being during the Obama years um, uh, uh, sequestration, which uh, sort of just had these very arbitrary caps on, on spending and, and, and spending couldn't and increase. And we've blown through those And now. we've blown through those now. We have this big omnibus spending bill. Look, there, there's a couple things going on here. First of all, there is a, a very big disagreement um, not and it's not a sort of uh, binary disagreement. I think there's a lot of different views uh, out there in the country and certainly in our politics about what to do, um, how to address this. And there's also one very big view, uh, very well represented in Congress, which is um, that that this is not a big problem. Um, so you have sort of the well, look, we need to raise taxes. Uh, the sort of the liberal Democratic view. The problem is, is that we've given too much, too many tax breaks to wealthy people, and that could just shore up uh, the budget deficit, uh, and uh, and sort of uh, that would help us rein in this national debt. You have the sort of old school conservative uh, budget hawk view, which is, um, you know, we have to cut spending, we have to cut government. Not a lot of, um, certainly not in the Republican Party these days under Donald Trump. No. Not a lot of interest no. in that. You have, I think, what is a uh, intelligent. I mean, that that whole you know fiscal conservatism. Here's here's my here's my really fundamental question. I'm, I'm gonna put this really bluntly. So you know the national debt's 21 trillion dollars, which is stunning. It's going to soar to more than 33 trillion dollars in the next 10 years. I remember, and I spent a lot of time talking with Paul Ryan about uh, this crushing national debt and how we absolutely, you know, this was an existential crisis to the country. And now, basically, the Republicans seem to have given up any pretense that they care about fiscal conservatism. So, Michael, was that all bullshit? I mean, was it? Did they ever actually mean it? Or is that just was that just a talking point you used when Democrats were in the White House? Do I think it was bullshit when Paul Ryan was saying it? Absolutely not. I think Paul Ryan uh, believes in this and that this was really an achievement of his during the Obama years, which was to get the Republican conference on board. Look, Republican, Republican members, House members, um, they're, they're not actually leaders. Members of Congress aren't actually leaders. A few of them are, but most of them are followers. And um, – the, the, the truth is, is that uh, a lot of times their voters are sort of confused about what they actually want. Uh, well, you know, we want we want 
uh, to cut the, the the deficit. And we want to be uh, budget hawks, except uh, don't cut these things that we like. Uh, you know, either in our district or something that you know positively well, that, that, affects us. What, that this is what makes it more extraordinary because you're absolutely right. You know, Paul Ryan really almost single handedly. That's obviously not literally true, but but did turn around the focus of the Republican you know conference. He was he was an outlier. He was a backbencher. And he kept pushing for this. And, you know, for a long time he was out in the wilderness and then he was able to, you know, to to convince Republicans they needed to become serious about this. And yet this is happening on his watch. I, this yeah. may be the, his last year as Speaker of the House of Representatives. And he's leaving with trillion dollar a year deficits as far as the eye can see. That strikes me as one of the great ironies or perhaps political tragedies of our time. How did a guy who got this so clearly and devoted so much of his career to deficit reduction become the guy that presides over this kind of an explosion in the national debt? Well, I think you know Paul Ryan well enough, Charlie, yeah. to know that he – I think if he had his 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 way entirely, it wouldn't be this way. But he's living in a political reality that uh, that has, I think, overcome his concerns with that, uh, w within the Republican Party. I mean that achievement um, – I think the fact that it has fallen away uh, so quickly from from the sort of Republican priority uh, tells you sort of how uh, how fragile it really was, and how, how yeah. and actually sort of underscores how much of an achievement it was to get the to get I, well, people on record. But but I will I will say that um, this is this is the, this I think is a lesson in how if you really want sort of political change, if you if you want um, to achieve something in the way Paul Ryan wanted to, or you know pick your other uh, issue, is that you have to sort of be relentless in and in, in, in the pressure and relentless in making the case publicly. I, I do think Paul Ryan lost a little bit uh, of, of that of a step when he joined the ticket in 2012, something obviously here at the Weekly Standard we were, um, I, I sort of humbly say, we were a part of making that happen and um, very much supportive of. Um, but I think his his sort of message got a little muddled, uh, sort of hitching his, his wagon to a presidential campaign. And it really kind of struggled once Republican voters, at least in the primary, decided what was more important was not this, uh, but uh, the sort of uh, issues that animated the what became the Trump presidential campaign. Yeah, no, no question about it. Um, one, one other personnel, this is inside baseball, but um, we're, we're seeing more heads rolling in the National Security Council. Um, I'm, do you know Tom Bossert? He's, he's the latest guy, the Homeland Security Advisor, who's apparently well regarded in the White House, uh, was respected, and yet apparently uh, with, uh, with John Bolton's um, ascension to power, um, he is out. Benny, give me some sense of what it means for, for – Another, uh, another Michael Anton um, out yesterday, and uh, Tom Bossert out today. Well, how do you, how do you read those tea leaves? Sure. Well, um, I, I will say that uh, I'm still sort of working on trying to figure out exactly the circumstances around Bossert's exit. Although it, it does sound like he was essentially given his walking papers by John Bolton. I think that's that that is true. Um, Bossert is a young guy, sort of a veteran of. Um, of uh, Republican politics, uh, uh, seen as sort of um, almost an adult uh, presence within the West Wing, very well liked, um, taken very seriously. He was uh, in many ways a serious 
guy in a in a West Wing that is often uh, has been has been beset by unserious people. He's seen as a very serious person and respected by his colleagues. Um, I think this shows you. Um, I, I had reported this, and I think my reporting has turned out uh, to be to be wrong on this, or at least it was maybe right at the moment, but has turned out uh, to to have changed, which is that uh, John Bolton is is making uh, the national national security team his own at the White House. And Bossert, um, again, I'm still trying to, to, to report this out, but my, my sense is that uh, Bossert was sort of representing an old uh, view or a view that did not um, uh, mm. uh, comport with the way Bolton wanted to run things. And um, whether that was on a particular issue or set of issues or just a personnel uh, that the Bolton wants to have his own uh, types of, uh, of people in there, uh, it's hard to say. Uh, but but I, I think it is. Um, I, 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 I don't think that this is something that sort of the, um, the, the, the rank and file within the West Wing um, are necessarily were necessarily predicting, uh, or are, are happy about because he was uh, he was well regarded yeah, and, yeah. and and, and, and yeah. with among, by his colleagues. I'm not seeing anything negative about him, uh, Michael. Thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it very much, and thank you for listening to the Daily Standard podcast. I'm Charlie Sykes. We'll be back tomorrow, and we'll do this all over again.